Like we're taking psychedelics. <laughs> we're working some things out, trying some things out. Yeah, you know, part of the internet, right? You get to uh, you get to try some different shit. <laughs> What's up, YouTube? Everybody hanging? Uh, you know, much like uh, your TV broadcast, a uh, seven o'clock game means a seven fifteen tip, John. Or in this case, a uh, Tuesday evening on the YouTube. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. What's happening, people? There is, you know, there's, it's the internet. You know, time is fluid. Fluid is time. You just kind of go. The podcasters, they, hey, just, that? they just listen when the podcast comes up. I think I think YouTube, they get a little spoiled. This isn't television. This isn't network TV. You're going to be on at 8 o'clock. No, it's like maybe 8.15, maybe 8.45, maybe 7.38. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, wasn't that a Bruce Lee quote? Time is water and water is podcasting or something like that? Didn't Couldn't he like that? uh from like a foot away knock you out with a chest shot? I was just Yeah, saying. unless you were unless unless it was uh Brad Pitt from uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Kicked him oh, yeah, into a car, remember his, that? Didn't he kick his ass or something? Yeah, fired for fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> he damaged the car. Remember that? I didn't I need to watch that movie again. That was uh, oh, I actually went I went to theaters, watched it by myself. Really? I don't remember where I saw it for the first time, but it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I did a solo I did a solo mission here in Walnut Creek. Yeah, it was like summer or whatever. It was like yeah. Leo, Brad Pitt. I'm like, I'll check it out. Yeah. It was good. It's, it's and then this, I mean the whole story behind it. Did you know about that? Had you heard about that that killing? That went on I mean, I had heard of it just in the name of it, but I didn't quite understand it. You know, I didn't we didn't live it. So to speak. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody on YouTube, hello. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button. That helps out the channel and the podcast, which we appreciate. And subscribe to this uh, YouTube channel. If, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great to have you. The um, mailbag will return. So, as always, we appreciate you going to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five-star review. Um, that helps out the, uh, the, the podcast. If you're on Spotify, that's cool, too, or wherever you're getting your pods, some, you know, random local uh, platform. That's cool. Wherever you get it, we appreciate it. I think we see the numbers. I think 90% of them are coming from Apple iTunes. and then The vast about, majority, four, yes. And then a decent, uh, you know, the, then the largest percentage of the next is Spotify. So I think that we know who corners the market. Uh, keep on listening and uh, get ready for some football because the 49ers are still alive. We got the final eight and we got four games. I actually got a text from our buddy Hawkins. He's like, uh, you want to play golf? Pebble Beach Saturday. I'm like, uh, God damn it, fucking NFL. I'm like, what time? And then he gave me the time. It just wasn't going to add up. I'm like, you know, I, I got to watch the Niners Packers. I, I could <laughs> I, I was going to have no problem skipping the first one, but I yeah. can't. This yeah. is, I'm, that's just, yeah, the Niners Packers, man. Big deal. Can I text Hawkins and be like, I'll take Middlecoff's spot? You could, yeah. I mean, it, it was going to pay. I was going to pay. Well, I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What time is that first game? One, one thirty and five fifteen. I think. Leave some time. Little get a little pregame. Um, for the uh, for the second game, can't have an overlap. Can't let the pregame show game number two. Five, this one's five. Joe, Troy. You know, Troy got his Niner game. Didn't get his Cowboy game, but Troy got his Niner game. This will be Cowboys. Um, 
Cal, uh, Cowboys are out, but you know, Troy's still getting his Niners. I, I get it. You know, that was his, that, that's not Tony. Tony Romo was busy playing like who, you know, Eli Manning. Like he's like, Troy's like, I, I, I built this fucking thing playing <laughs> the 49ers. And now you send me to Tampa. They do have Tampa. Their media at halftime is bananas. Foster. It's, it's like pretty unreal. It's like this whole ice cream setup. Mm-hmm. I, I vividly remember that in my scouting days. It's a pretty special setup. <laughs> that was the highlight of... Uh, they didn't have that one at Utah State when you were uh, going through Logan, did they? N- no, they didn't. Uh, but yeah. that was a Bananas Foster Tampa Bay. I don't even know what the Bananas Foster is. I just remember people talking about it. Then I went. It was like this whole sweet setup. Spring is it like a banana shit. split? Yeah, it just I just... I think there are just several different options. I mean, you can just go with like a bowl of ice cream, but it was it's a pretty cool setup. And the line of fat media people is fucking long. Mm. Get in early, no, get their seconds. Uh, guy, that two-minute drill, you think people are locked in? This is a two-minute drill, or they're moving back? You know what someone told me one time? You know the way these people think and where they gravitate. Oh, well, for. someone told me one time, you know, you're at somebody's house, and they, they got like, you know, it's like a buffet or like a... Uh, it's It's respectful to the chef to be first in line. You know, everyone's always like, oh, no, no, you go ahead. No one ever wants to be first in line when it's like, all right, food's out, everybody. It's like, no, it's respectful to the chef to be first in line. So my issue with the first in line thing, because you're always getting yelled at by your parents, you know, like, eat, grab your plates. It's like, well, yeah, then I sit down and I got to wait for you. So it's like I, I, I do well if I sit down and then there's a quick transition of even if we're saying a prayer or something. But if I got to sit there for seven minutes and look at whatever I'm about to eat, I don't have the discipline. I am not. I, I'm not Jocko. You know, this is not, I can't sit there and pretend everything's good. I'll go just take your time, guys. <laughs> also, if you're a fast eater, you're at a major disadvantage because you don't want to be done as people are taking their first bite. Like, no. If we all start from the same place on the track, I'm going to finish before most people, unfortunately. Sure. Exactly. So, podcast is brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. Well, they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks. If you accept the bonus, remember, you have to uh, bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. But either way, use HAM and the number one. That way, they know we sent you. Let's uh, update, John, what, uh, what happened last week. Well, we won 1000 we won like $1,100 because we hit a little parlay. Uh, what was the parlay? The under of the Raider game and just the Bills minus four. And then we bet the 49ers money line. That was a little more stressful than it should have been. So we went from having $18 in the hopper to now having $1,918. So we got some money to play with. But this week's, you know, like I don't, I, I ain't putting money on the Niner game. I know that. Uh, the Bills Chiefs, you see Andy's comparing you know, the season to chocolate cake. I, I wouldn't bet against the fourth time, all time winning his playoff coach ever, even though I kind of like the bills, you know, it's, that one's a tough, uh, the, the Titans like the B- Bengals games. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I would just, I would bet on the chiefs, but doesn't, don't the bills make you a little nervous? Uh, yeah, they do. They do. But all these, I mean, this is the elite eight, John, this is yeah, the elite, elite eight. eight. That's where we're at. Like nothing comes easy here. Okay. So, you know, I, I kind of like the Titans. I think a lot of people are going to take the Bengals. I think we talked about that the other day. But I think the team that I like, just the value and just you watch them. Their Bengals are plus one sixty. So would you do you do you like the Bengals plus one sixty or the Rams plus one thirty more? Because I like the Rams plus one thirty a lot, just um, in terms of value and yeah, I like the Rams plus one thirty more. I because I think you negate a little bit. I don't love Matt Stafford on the road against Tom Brady, but. 
it's not exactly Lambeau they're playing in or or Gillette Stadium here. They're playing in Tampa. So I think it uh, it negates that. He was really – I know it was the Cardinals, but I, I thought that was the best he's looked in two months, right? Not turning the ball over, just throwing dimes. Like that That was – that's why they traded two first-round picks for him. So to me, can he can he just have a turnover, a game where he's not turning the ball? Because if he does, they're clearly a top two or three team in the league, right? If he's going to play like he did last night. It's just do you trust him on the road? I don't know. It's not inconceivable that – Rams win this game and the Niners upset. All of a sudden, the Rams host the NFC Championship game. Yeah, there's no trust. I wouldn't use the word trust. There's not a lot of trust for me with any of this stuff. I mean, these games are just one one throw makes all the difference. And Tom Brady's made these one throws a million times in his life, and Matthew Stafford's basically never done it. Pretty sure so. Tom threw three picks last year in Green Bay, if memory serves me correct. So it's like, Tom turns the ball over. You know, he's old. Not against yeah. the Eagles, but. Yeah. I, I, I'll be very interested to see if this Niner number keeps going up. Um, it's it, it's six once you six log now in. once yeah. I log in um, four and a half felt a little low anyway I mean the Packers were up 17 to nothing in their first game we'll talk about whether the first game matters or not but I do think the Niners are getting a little underrated I mean they're plus 195 um, so I put a thousand dollars on that uh, I don't know <laughs> it, it would pay uh, 1950 we have a lot of cash then I, I know uh, what's the total amount in the pot right now? 1918. 1918. So we yeah, we've got something to play with. So we can we can dial that in on Thursday. I'll be interested to see if that moves a little bit. It, now, I guess if Jimmy I, I don't know if that I think people were talking like all oh, that line moving to Jimmy. Maybe. I don't know. To me four and a half to six. I don't know. I think people I think I don't think it'd be crazy just for people to wake up on Tuesday and start betting on the Packers. So I don't think so either. Anyway, they're a pretty public team. Yeah. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code Hammond, the number one podcast, also brought to you by, by DraftKings. 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 Go to DraftKings, download the app, type in the promo code Ham. Have you made a game for this week yet? Oh, no. I'll do it right now as we speak. You, should you do it when we're live? You screwed it up before. I, I just, let's just wait till it ends. I, you know, it's risky. Can you, you doing it right? I think I can do uh, it. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah, just we'll make it a game. Send it out. All four games this weekend. Uh, I'll probably choose the quarterback who's the worst because that's typically what I do. Uh, here's what you do: you have a chance to win millions of dollars every playoff round. You pick a quarterback. You pick two running backs. You pick three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. Boom! You're cooking with gas. You have a chance to win money. I think the the winner of our game last week got like two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, Listen, over a million dollar each round, set up your own DraftKings account. You get in our league. We do this all year long. We'll do the big golf tournaments. Uh, we'll do any big events that are fun. And can't recommend it enough. We've been using DraftKings now for years. Just download the app, type in the promo code HAM, and uh, get your shot at a million dollars in total prizes throughout the NFL playoffs. It's, it's very, very easy to do. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, Dan asks, how did you go from uh, 18 to 1900 in a weekend? A few big parlays? No, I think it was 180 wasn't it? Did you say $18? Well, yeah, because we had $700. Like, we had $718 when the weekend started. We placed $700 worth oh, of right, bets. Right, right, if, we, right. if we lost them both, we would only have $18. So the $700 turned into whatever, $1,200, right? We won a parlay that paid 700 and we won 
the Niners money line, I think, paid like plus one ten, so we won, you know, five hundred and twenty bucks or something. Yeah. You're right. I won't make the game right now. It's just too 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 risky yeah, for lot, me to too, I've screwed it up too risky. many times. You've, I screwed it up last week. Actually. So <laughs> Uh, but like John said, use the promo code HAM to get your shot at millions of dollars uh, of prizes every round of the NFL playoffs. Go get it. Use the promo code HAM and um, have come have fun. Come have fun with us on uh, in our DraftKings game. Oh, you sent me this today. This is good. I like this. Let me see if I, somebody said I can see all your tabs. I know I'm only sharing the tabs that uh, doesn't bother me. You can see these tabs. Yeah, it's not. He's not watching you porn on the. You saves that for the iPad. Different. Yep. <laughs> A uh, different browser. Uh, look, you sent me this, so you why don't you set this up? This is just an incredible graphic. I mean, it, it truly is. And I was sitting on my couch, kind of hate watching after like the first couple drives because it felt like the the Bucks were going to win that game seventy to nothing. A buddy of mine on the Eagles just sends me a text: "Is this fucking guy ever going to retire?" Because <laughs> they're just it felt like they were going to get routed, and they really did. Even though the final score I think was thirty one to fifteen. He's 44 years old. And to me, it's it's well-known. We talk about it all the time. This puts it into context. The coach of the Packers, the coach of the Niners, and the coach of the Rams are all younger than Tom Brady. And I would say Sean McVay is dramatically younger than Tom Brady, but the two guys, Shanahan and LaFleur. Now, Shanahan, I would say, kind of has the presidential, he's aged in his time, right, as the coach of the Niners. He's definitely added some gray to his face. Yeah. Uh, maybe he just grows out the beard when he came. He was cleanly shaven. He definitely just looks older. Like, to me, Kyle Shanahan looks older than Tom Brady. If you just went, how old, before I saw this graphic, was Kyle Shanahan? I probably would have guessed 44. But it shows you he's still young. To me, LaFleur looks... I would have guessed LaFleur was 40, and obviously I knew Sean was 35, 36 years old. But when you see it like that, I mean, these guys are star head coaches. I, I was thinking about it this morning. Kyle won his third playoff game. LaFleur's won several playoff games, so he's won two, so that's five. And then Sean last night won his fourth. They've won nine combined playoff games for guys, that, I mean, when the oldest coach is 42 years old. And obviously, did you see some of the the statistics of Brady the amount of playoff wins he has relative to every other quarterback all time, like adding it up. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like Montana, it was a, Rogers, and all these guys. And I, I saw the graphic of him versus every other quarterback just in these playoffs, including that, last that, weekend. That's that's what it was, yeah. And he, he had more wins, right? Yeah, that was the Fox that was the Fox Fox had that graphic during that game. Everyone was animated. Whoever made this graphic you know, of all these guys, for people who aren't seeing it, Brady, 44, Shanahan, 42, LaFleur, 42, McVay, 35. And I'll say this, too. I was thinking this watching the game the other day. Byron Leftwich is 42. Like, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Bucks, is two years younger than Tom. I was thinking about it as he was coaching him up on the sideline. Like, Tom, Byron could very easily have been Tom's, you know, Byron was a starter, but on Tom's team, and Tom would have been telling him what to do. Now Byron Leftwich is Tom's offensive coordinator, right? And I mean, they're telling each other what to do from, I think Troy made the point. Like they both learned from each other. Um, and How old I and do you think it, Wes Welker is. I mean, Wes feels, yeah, 43, 40. He's 40. 40. Okay. I mean, it's wild. And the point you made to me as well, like these guys, all the Washington football team could have had any of them. Is a Washington football team ever going to hire a Shanahan guy, or did Mike send them all off to make sure that Dan 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 never got their services ever? 
Well, to me, it clearly ended pretty ugly with the crew, and they all took off. But I think looking back, now granted, McVay stayed, but Shanahan took the Lafleur's, McDaniel's, like they they packed up and they left. That one, I do think it's understandable. Like for example, we've talked a lot about like the the Sean Payton situation in Dallas, how they've had that happen, and now they're in somewhat of a situation like that again. It's, it's a little different. I mean, the chances that. Dan Quinn or definitely Kellen Moore are going to become Sean Payton feel a little unlikely. I don't think Kellen Moore's getting an NFL head coaching job this year. I don't either. But I think when you look at like this crew of guys, but specifically Kyle, like at the time I was with the Eagles when we were playing Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it, it was Mike, you know, Kyle has become, you know, the kind of the star. It's the same with Sean, but they had, they did have Sean for a lot longer. Like Sean became their offensive coordinator they kept elevating him and keeping him up. Like Kyle Shanahan, they had him for a long period of time. He was their offensive coordinator. And he was a huge part. Like you've heard Robert Sala talk about the way that LaFleur and him got hired. Like he created these guys. You know, McVay, they did inherit him. Uh, where that was just not the case with, you know, the LaFleur crew. Definitely, you know, Matt LaFleur was hired specifically by Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- and I think the immediate success, uh, Akash says, even Zach Taylor's won a playoff game. Yeah, and Zach is thirty eight. Zach Taylor's thirty eight years old, right? But I, I'll say this for Zach Taylor: these guys are all McVay, Lafleur's. Like those guys are coaches. I remember Zach Taylor as a player. So do I. Yeah. So like to at me, Nebra- Zach Taylor, I remember. I remember him mostly at Nebraska. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, I put you know D'Amico, even though D'Amico and Kyle overcrossed, he was playing for Kyle. Not, I mean, Kyle was the offensive coordinator and wide receiver guy, but like they were in the same building every day. Like I, D'Amico was fit. Like to me, the LaFleur family, I think, owes the Shanahan. Like those guys are getting Christmas cards, so those guys are buried, right? You're saying former players are start ahead of the game often then. Now Kyle's different. Kyle's unique, right? In that his dad was Mike. I think Zach Taylor is, is married to Mike Sherman's daughter. Because Mike Sherman, remember, he was the coach at Nebraska, I'm pretty sure, for a second. Was he a coordinator there? He wasn't the head coach. Mike Sherman? Now, he was a GA at A&M. Maybe that's where they met. Who was? Zach Taylor started his career as the GM at Texas A&M. You're right. Why did I think Mike Sherman was at was at Nebraska? Well, you might be right because Mike Sherman was the head coach at A&M and Zach Taylor was a graduate assistant there. Maybe that's where they met. That That's his where they Nebraska met. football was my favorite. Thanks to Tommy Frazier, I followed it for a while. Well, Zach Taylor <laughs> was a quarterback in Nebraska. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the long line of quarterbacks that looked kind of exactly the same um, that they had. Um, so, you know, I, I understand your point. It's a good point. I, I do think, like what's incredible about the Shanahan kind of tree is not just that they all got jobs is that they're all getting contract extensions and winning playoff games and competing for Super Bowls. Right. I mean, that's the part that, or the McVay, you know, I guess McVay got credit. Somebody put it out on the internet. again. I'd forgotten about this, that in the cliff Kingsbury hiring press release in Arizona, it said he's great friends with Sean, but these guys are like getting, these are, these are not, Oh, they fake their way to the top and now they're getting extensions. Like they are getting extensions on top of extensions. Say what you want. The time will tell, right? LaFleur is the one who hasn't had to do it without a star quarterback yet. But I mean, he's, he's got as many wins today as Kyle Shanahan does 39 apiece. So whatever you want to say about him, coaching the star player is part of the job. 
and that is what he's doing. It's the you know he's still managing people like, and I do think they've adjust. I think they've gotten better than they were in 2019, and he gets credit for that. One hundred percent. Add the ru- the run game has clearly been a huge addition to that team, which is something that he learned under Kyle. I think that the, I, I'm a sucker for the coaching connections. I mean, we, you and I aren't going to talk about it as much, but like in the Kansas City and Buffalo, I would imagine if you and I were hosting a radio show in Kansas City, Sean McDermott's career started as Andy Reid's assistant. Not his quality control, his assistant. When you're his assistant, you literally just are his assistant. You know, like, hey, go pick up my dry cleaning. And that's a role that Andy has. That several, Doug Peterson, actually, I don't. I think Doug skipped that. Brett Veach started at that. Brett Veach, I think it went Sean McDermott, it went James, I think the quarterback coach for the Ravens now, and then Veach. That that role was a starter into stardom. Now, Brett Veach is the general manager of the Chiefs now. <laughs> started as Andy Reid's assistant, and Sean McDermott worked his way up and eventually became Andy Reid's defensive coordinator after Jim Johnson passed away from cancer. But, like, and Andy, I, th- I would say that Andy is the most famous coach because he's been doing it the longest of having successful tree, right? Just having guys that, like, John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, even like Matt Nagy wasn't like some Tom Sula, where. Belichick's kind of the opposite. I think Kyle feels like the younger, and really Mike, you know, they all worked for Mike, but Kyle kept getting jobs and bringing the crew with him. does feel like Kyle's the young, skinny version of Andy, where just his guys, you just watch them talk on their own. You go, yeah, these guys are pretty impressive. I can see why. Like, he does a good job. And now we've had the opportunity to see, like, they transition pretty smoothly from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryan's, a guy who's getting head coach. Like, it's... You get credit for that. Like Andy went through it time and time again. It's really hard. Like I, I give Belichick credit. Like he keeps, they don't do well when they leave him, but he does a good job developing. And they don't come he, back. Yeah. Josh did. Josh did. But yeah, they don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe is, is uh Gerard Mayo going to become a head coach at some point? Um, but I was thinking about this today. Like if you had a, if you said, okay, let's draft the coaches in the elite eight here, Zach Taylor, Mike Vrabel, McDermott, Andy Reid, uh, McVeigh. I mean, this the, the, this bracket is ridiculous. McVeigh, uh, Shanahan, Lafleur, and Arians. I think if we did like a bunch of simulations of like GMs, like not just thirty-two, but like simulated a thousand times, I think Andy would probably go first the most, especially with all-time G- playoff victories. Yeah, I mean, he's he was. Un- I mean, I think you could make the case that Kyle should go second. Um, now McVeigh obviously has a better winning percentage. You could make the case that McVeigh should go second. Vrabel's brought this team. Vrabel and there's only two guys, and it's Vrabel and Shanahan, who I think are in the playoffs this year without a future. Now I'm going to be a little over the top. Hall of Fame quarterback is Joe Burrow going to make it to the Hall of Fame? Is Josh Allen going to make it to the Hall of Fame? You know, we'll see. But I would say they've got all the Hall of Fame tools. Like Vrabel and Shanahan are the only guys left without that at quarterback right now, right? So, I, but I think you could absolutely argue just based on this year. Maybe someone to really believe in Vrabel. You know, Arians has a very impressive resume. McVeigh, the thing with McVeigh, as good as it's been, Kyle's beat him six times in a row. So we can debate it. I'm not saying it's not debatable. I'm not saying it's obvious. But you could legitimately take Kyle second in what is a group where you could argue 
One, Sean, McDermott, two, Sean McDermott's doing a pretty good job over there. Hell yeah. I mean, John, they all like you could argue every one of these guys probably except Zach Taylor, to be fair. And I'm not, that's not hating on Zach Taylor. You could argue any one of them probably in the top three, but you just wouldn't yeah. take Zach ahead of LaFleur, McVay or Shanahan. I would say Zach would consistently be a, a consistent last of the group. Yeah, <laughs> but you could absolutely argue most of these guys in the top. It's just it's an incredible group of coaches that's in the playoffs. Well, do you think here's like I just looked. Uh, LaFleur, you and I talked about this before we jumped on, has two playoff victories. And I just looked, I was like, what is Vrabelap? He only has two. But like, you get to skip around when you have the home field advantage. Like, do you get credit for not having to play in the first? Like, he didn't have to fuck around last week. He got to drink beers and eat you dinner, do. right? Yeah, you do. And, and it's uh, same Patricia with. Patricia came back, yeah. Same with. Uh, but really, Patricia took over. Remember, Ernie Adams retired and they just put him into that. He didn't really role. have a spot, right? He wasn't going no. somewhere else. But yeah, exactly. Nobody wanted him. <laughs> he was toxic. This is a this is a fantastic group. I think if you remove Arians and Andy, who are you know Arians is old, Andy's older, you know sixty sixty two. The the young group, right? If Rabel's what is Mike? Mike is he's Four, a little older, forty six. Oh. So he's forty six. All the other guys are forty two and younger. It's a fantastic, and I think Sean McDermott's probably. 46, 47 years old. It's a fantastic group of young coaches. Like, just high level. I would say McDermott and Vrabel, they just don't get put on the pedestal because of the side of the ball they coach. But clearly, both guys are born ass kickers. I mean, I've been around Sean McDermott. He is, like, the one of, you know, David Goggins, who's always running and lifting. Like, McDermott's less of the fluff. Listen, I, I think Goggins is being serious when he's saying it, but he... Like he's a preacher, kind of like McDermott's not into that. But in terms of guys up every morning at like three forty-five, he would never have a piece of processed food during the six months he's coaching. His locked-in discipline, where to me Vrabel's probably a little less disciplined with some of that shit. But in terms of football discipline, those two guys, if if they were calling offensive plays, we would just be talking about them like the other three guys. <laughs> but they're defensive guys. They talk like coverages and pass rush. Yeah. You know, you just, for whatever reason, you just don't quite get anointed. And I would say Andy has kind of just gone into, we even think about him more as just a head coach, CEO, encompasses it all, right? He's just the boss. But he is the play caller, right? But kind of. I think I think enemy calls the plays now sometimes. I think the thing that's surprising about this whole exercise, if you want to call it that, is that McDermott's only five years older than Shanahan. <laughs> I would have, I, you know, my perception of McDermott is more Mike Zimmer category, like took until he's 58 to get his job. How, how old was Mike when he got his job? Whatever it was. Yeah. But that's not the case with Sean. Like, well, for a guy who started, you, he started as his assistant at probably 23 or 24 years old. For a guy who started before that at William and Mary to become a head coach in the NFL in 19 years, that's a long time. And Sean worked a lot of hard hours, right? I'm sure you would know. But 19 years from William and Mary to NFL head coach is still a pretty, I wouldn't call it fast, but that's a pretty good track, right? You know, you know Sean McDermott's teammate at William and Mary, nineteen ninety eight, head uh, coach in the NFL as well. Staley, no, Staley's too young. Swagged out, Tomlin, baller, Mike Tomlin. They were teammates at William and Mary. Swagged out. It was either him or uh, Skip Bayless. I, I think that I think Tomlin is obviously a little older than him, but they definitely, they crossed over, I think, a couple years. Wow. I, I do think sometimes, in a weird way, like the football gods, 
they gravitate towards certain smaller schools, right? You're just William and Mary. And, and I don't like Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott. I don't think knew it at the time. Right. John Carroll. I listen, I, I was lucky enough to be at one at Fresno state. If you coach or work at a Notre Dame at an Alabama, at the USC, you're going to have a pipeline. But for whatever reason, certain schools just there's like an opening from the football gods of like there is going to be a bridge for you to walk across if you want it and take it. But like the difference of William and Mary and like UC Davis was that for a long period of time for these guys that wanted to coach Division One, right? But Cal Poly never was, <laughs> so it's just there's right. there's like a there's a randomness, and I, I do think it all starts like with the human, whoever the top at the pyramid was, like forever with Andy and Mooch and Gruden and all those guys, it was Mike Holmgren. It was this guy from the Bay area that somehow they all got to meet and everyone. And, you know, you see this, I think all the, the Shanahan guys would say like, we're very, very lucky that Mike Shanahan wanted to recoach in Ed Washington because the other thing that happened is that Kyle had a sweet job because Kubiak and that team was kind of up and coming and you could tell like they were onto something and he left to go join his dad. And he's talked about it since like, it was a pretty, it was just something that, you know, who know, you know, it was never going to, it was a unique opportunity here to coach with my dad, but then the changes it made to all these human beings. Yeah. Right. I know. Al, Al on the stream says Shanahan LaFleur handshake at the end of this game. I mean, the handshake having rewatched the handshake today, there was no eye contact and it was they zip if there wasn't I didn't get a view of the handshake but if there was a handshake it was like a there's no way there was there wasn't a grab you know well there there was a silver thread that morning correct that yeah silver talked about and then Kyle was angry about what LaFleur was angry about do you remember the thread exactly I if I Kyle walked into the room and they were talking so it was, it was his Sunday, was in there this game was Sunday night football correct yep NBC. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So a thread, it might not even have come out first thing in the morning. Maybe it did during the day, but it was a phone call with his brother on FaceTime. Oh, he was with the Jets talking to McDaniel, right? Over the during the draft period. And I think maybe Sala was there too. Sala was there, and McDaniel's like, What are you guys fucking doing? And they're just bullshitting. And then Kyle walks by, gets in on the shit talking, messing around, and then he goes, "What quarterback are you going to draft? Aaron Rodgers or something? Or I hear you guys are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, you already got your quarterback," is what Lafleur, Mike Lafleur, said. And didn't Kyle like storm out of the room or something? Kyle said, "Call your brother. Tell your brother to call me back. He hasn't returned my calls." And Lafleur said, "Can you blame him?" At that point, several people familiar with the call said Shanahan got visibly upset and hastily led left the room. So was he mad that it was even being talked about or that LaFleur wouldn't call him back about Rodgers? I think he was mad that they were talking about Kyle like he had done something sneaky. Gotcha. Like he was being uh, he was being shady, shady operator. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I, I don't know what you guys are. You guys are. What I think is, let's just call a spade a spade. More than likely, Aaron Rodgers indirectly reached out to the Niners and said, come get me. That's well, Rodgers kind of and Lynch have the same agent. Okay, so there's some back channel work, and so it kind of came even, out of is nowhere. Not even a back channel, I mean. <laughs> but it it also felt like this isn't something that like built up. Like there's some rumblings in in late March, leading into early April. It was like two days before the draft, they get a text or a call, like, "Bro, Aaron Rodgers wants in," and Aaron's sitting drinking his cocktail, like, "I'm gonna fuck with Goody and the Packers." It was 
let's face it, Rodgers created this holster. The Niners didn't think of this out. Like, they would never have called if Rodgers didn't, you know, uh, alert them. <laughs> and I don't blame LaFleur for being like, fuck you, I'm not trading. Under the, the last team, I, I don't care what, what happens this weekend, what rumors come, Brian Gudikins and Matt LaFleur will get fired before, I don't care how many picks, how many Trey Lances and Jimmy Garoppolo, they will never, ever, in a million years, especially because there's no owner that will ever force their hand, trade Aaron Rodgers to the San Francisco 49ers. That's just, that's never been an option. No matter, obviously, I think Aaron would have wanted it. I, I do think he, you know, it made sense, like, jump to the Niners, like, you know. It will never happen. Do you agree with that? Like, they, they I, would... I would say fire me before I said, "Hey Kyle, here, give me four ones and Trey Lance." Uh, yes, to there the, I would agree with you. The only way it would ever even be considered is if those guys think Trey Lance is a generational quarterback, right? If they think he's the next, like we are sure he's the next Josh Allen, we'll have to eat it. But man, we're going to hold it over their heads for the next fifteen years. But how feel you, those the two games he played to have that thought and feel that confident getting well, rid of the MVP of the league would be impossible. Yeah, to me, like you don't. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that anyone's ever like. Are you trading me Peyton Manning? Because that's how I feel about Peyton Manning. Okay. Are you trading me Andrew Luck? And even then, as you know, like these things are not guaranteed. It would be, um, uh, yeah, I, impossible. And I even think you one notch below that is them trading him anywhere else. You just say I just don't think they're him. trading him. I mean, <laughs> this well, is the not one farve. Because well, here's the thing. Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. Remember last year they had a, they had an incredible season. They were awesome. 13 and 3. The number one seed for the first time. They were hosting the NFC championship like they're doing again. But last year was the first time they'd done that in Aaron Rodgers' career. And then they had a devastating loss. Because the one thing I keep wrapping my head around, and I, listen, I'm not I would not pick the Niners to win this week. I I've I it would be incredible if they did. It would be a moment that it would be hard for Kyle to ever top it, you know, because even if next week they beat, a, you know, a Bucks team or a Rams team, people would believe they could win if they won this game. Like, I, I think most people, and I'm on several text chains, I'm sure you are too, it's like, people are pretty happy to be here. It, last week was incredible to win a playoff game. How murky it looked after the Titans game. How crazy it looked at halftime at SoFi. We're like 17 to 3, you're looking like, what is the Falcons score? Uh, three to ten. Oh, we're fucked. You know, everyone's thinking that. So he's, you win this game, everyone would people start thinking you can win the Super Bowl. But the one thing with Rodgers is he's kind of like, if he were to lose this game and be, get beat by the Niners, I could see him then making it weird again on them. And I I don't know what the the end result of that it w- means, but I could just see him. Just making it weird again with some. Yeah, and it could be something yet to happen, right? It could be the game ends in a way where some, like it did the last time, where it was a decision to kick a field goal, right? Down Um, eight, yeah, with like three timeouts, two minutes. I I think think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. I wonder if that comes into the decision making. Like, let's not do anything to make Aaron weird uh, over the course of this game. Because I keep thinking about the, and you felt it last week, the intensity of the playoffs. Is it's like game seven because it's just football. It's one and done. There is no tomorrow, and like the all the pressures on the Packers. Well, that's like what everyone. Were, but see, I'm glad you said that because I've gotten multiple texts like that. Like all the pressures on them. It's like okay, well, well, you don't want to lose, and once you're in the game, if you're up 
10 to 7 in the fourth quarter. You don't want to feel like lose. all the pressure was on the Cowboys uh, at the end of that game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, but once you have a lead, then the pressure is on you. But going into the game, you do agree the pressure is on the Packers to win. They're the number one overall seed. They have the MVP of the league. I mostly agree with that. But I also will say, not fully tongue in cheek, like I kind of I mean this, when you're in the Elite Eight, like when you think of it that way, I think it's easy to think of it like you just won one game. Cool. When you look at the bracket, and go, you're in the Elite Eight. You win one more game, and you're in the conference championship game. That feels very different because, like, I don't. you you heard Kyle Shanahan, Alex Mack before the Rams game, like, told talk to the team about how he, what was it, he didn't go to the playoffs till a six year in the league, or maybe it'd been longer than that, whatever it was for him. We started on the Browns, right? So he didn't win, he didn't win anything for a while. So just when you're in this spot, yeah, I guess – Yes, the Packers have more pressure. They're the one seed. But I just think anytime you're in this position, you just, you don't know how many times you're going to be in this spot. There's a lot of pressure on you. Well, let's just focus on the NFC. If we did the pressure rankings, I think by far. Like, I, I got news for you. Tom Brady, now, he has pressure because every single year they're trying to win the Super Bowl. He's Super Bowl or bust. But if he loses this weekend... They just won the Super Bowl last year. He's won seven. The team, the Tampa Bay now has become a power. You know, the Rams, like Matt Stafford, that was his first ever playoff victory. The Packers are clearly, this guy has only won one Super Bowl. You and I talked about it forever with Peyton Manning. It's like, God, Peyton Manning is too good of a quarterback to only have one Super Bowl. And finally he got it, and he didn't even get it in the peak of his powers. But it, as time has gone on, no one even cares. Like, he's a multiples. To me, Aaron Rodgers falls under the Peyton Manning category, Elway category, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Like, he should have multiple Super Bowls. And now he's, again, like last year, in the driver's seat, big favorite now, six. But I also think you got to factor in the Niners coming off a short week now. So you get a short week. Their best player is in concussion protocol. You're at home in Lambeau. I, I I do believe I'm with you. Like every team this weekend, probably beside the Bengals, is thinking like we're in house money. And I bet even if you were sitting here having a you know Gatorade with Joe Burrow today on Tuesday afternoon, he's planning on winning the game. But to me, there is a tangible, just uh, pressure vibe on the Packers. Which when, when they're winning, you don't feel it. You're rolling. But when you when you start losing a little bit. You know, because unlike the Cowboys, there were like questions. Are they mentally tough enough? Can they physically hang? Are they well coached enough? To me, the Packers are like, can they win the Super Bowl? Like that's yeah. that's just the con- it's not like, do they have the guys? Yeah, they do. Like I think it's now. I think it's it never comes up with Rodgers, or I shouldn't say never. It doesn't really come up that much that much with Rodgers, the word legacy for whatever reason. I think because people just already talk about him like one of the greatest ever, which he is. But I think it's partly that. I also think it's partly it just always feels like the Packers one little bit of wind could throw them off course because of because of Aaron, right? Like, is something bad going to happen? They lose, and then Aaron creates another problem for them. So it's partly that. Like, there is this tension, I think, that lies underneath the Packers. I mean, him and Devontae Adams did a – you remember, like, eight years ago when the last dance was uh, taking the world by storm? Devontae and Aaron – that was not that long ago – but Devontae and Aaron, and half. There, there was like the last ago. the last dance. Wasn't that the last dance post? Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan? Because well, wasn't it that was Aaron going to show up at training camp or not? And then yeah. he finally shows up, and like that day, they or maybe the night before, they both post it. <laughs> wasn't that it? Yeah. I mean, Devontae's his 
Even he said he's Devontae is the best player he's ever played with. That's to me, the Cowboys did not have they had some equal, like I think CeeDee Lamb's a star, even though he didn't do anything. Obviously Parsons, who's young. I mean, they got some really good players. But the Niners, even and definitely once the game plays, like the Niners had the better players. Like this like they have clearly the better quarterback. And they would you would say Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. So it's just easier for him. Like, if Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the league, ultimately, like, you can move guys to the other side and stuff. Like, you they could they can just throw it to Devontae, like, every play. <laughs> and they kind of did last game, right? He had a huge Well, game. they also threw it the, over the top to Valdez Scantling and over the top to Alan Lazard, and they, they targeted 27. So they, Devo- they had a Devontae lot. had, yeah, I mean, 12 for 132. That's He got knocked out of the game, and then he, remember, he came back? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was halfway through the fourth quarter. He got hit. I thought it was over. Across the middle. Uh, across the middle and came back and had the big catch before the, the game-winning field goal. Um, I might watch it tonight. I, I had forgotten when Kyle said, uh, I think Eric Branch is like, well, you guys had 81 yards in pass interference. And Kyle's like, no, we actually had 116 yards. So they, yeah, I they think, know the number. I think 81 was the accepted number of penal- penalty yards. Because if you check the box score, it was 81. So that's where that came from. But yeah, I think it was 116. So some of those are like uh, the guy caught it. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't watch the last. I haven't wa- didn't watch like the last minute. But um, well, they definitely on the on the game winning drive. Just maybe. they just hit the two plays, right? That's right. He just hit the play. I think that was when Devonte but... didn't Devonte come back from the concussion and hit the sweet play over the middle, right over Fred Warner's fingertips. We, you know, I'm not exactly Belichick here with a zone defense concepts, but it's pretty clear that their linebackers for being really athletic are always really close in zone defense, but a little off. <laughs> By the way, unrelated to any of that, you know how old Aziz Al Shire is? 24. Yeah. Younger than he looks because he's got the big, like, 38 year old arm brace on. But, you know, FAU, I think, undrafted was coming off an ACL his senior year. He tore his ACL his last year of college. So his first year in the NFL was his first recovery year. Then his next year was 2020, and now here he is 2021, like a legitimately good football player. Like, well, they really got, value. I mean, trust guy, I mean, their linebacking core, Fred's 25, those two guys are 24, him and Greenlaw. That's a pretty good little group. Yeah. They're flying around crushing folks. Yeah. This, uh, this really is the matchup that we – Cowboys Niners from like I think a just a historical 90s. Cowboys Packers, look at this note since 1980, this was in the Niners preview for this week. The most playoff games played since 1980. The Patriots 55, the Niners 48, the Packers 44 and the Steelers 44. And there's we could go through division wins, playoff wins, obviously Super Bowl wins which heavily weight to the 80s. The Niners and the Packers are near each other, near the top of more lists than the Niners and the Cowboys are. Well, we were talking, obviously, last week we talked a lot about it. You and I were bullshitting before we jumped on. To me, this is a rivalry. And a rivalry is created by how many times you actually play a team, right? I mean, part of the reason the Warriors and LeBron became a rivalry is they played each other every year. Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, has basically for the last decade been a top two or three player in the league, you know, it rotated a little bit, him, Manning, Brady, whatever. They've played him. This is going to be the fourth time they've played Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game, and two of the two of the last they've played him in the championship. I guess they've only played him in the NFC Championship the one time, but they've played him in this round. 
They played him in the wild card round the one time in the cold game. They played him in the NFC the second round one time, and they're obviously playing him this year in the second round again. Like, it's that's a big deal. Four times in a decade? That's a lot, guy. I mean, yeah, it's... I, I think it's it's frequency. Like you said, it's also did you take something from somebody? Like, you have to take something. You know, it can't be one-sided. And this thing is not one-sided. Well, they beat him every time. He's never beat the 49ers in the yeah, playoffs. But 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 like the Niners, he beat I I think when you watch you're right, in the playoff way it is one sided. But like if you go back, watch, don't turn the game off today until the game post handshake. The nine the the Packers are celebrating, not like a week three win celebration. Well, remember how high he jumped on the sideline? I remember that watching Aaron? the game live. Aaron jumped when uh what's his name hit the kick. Who had, you know, he's not as quite as shaky as Dallas's Mason guys, Crosby. but he He's missed some kicks over the last couple of years. Yeah. No, you're right. It is, and from a playoff standpoint, it is one-sided. But do you think the reason – my question would be the reason they celebrated that game, part of it is because they took – you know, the Niners had taken the lead, so they had to drive the field, you know. Totally. It's a big deal to beat the Niners. I mean, but the time, the it Niners felt like reviewed. it met. Like, they, they're like – they're not on the ground dogpiling, but they are – NCAA tournament jumping around. We just hit a buzzer beater in the end zone celebration. That was we- so the Niners were two and zero. Huh? That was yeah, week three. Packers were that was one a big, one. That was a big game for Green Bay. Yeah, it was. It was. Then the Niners just started rattling off L's. Well, I mean, I, th- it's part of why I think the Niners are underrated coming into this game a little bit. I think the Packers are very good. I think Devontae's terrifying. I think. What we saw with the secondary last time, I know the nine. There's all the talk about, oh, you know, Kyle Shanahan got asked. Your secondary is improved, and it has. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you don't play them every week. They are part of what you know expose you a little bit. And there were some forgotten things in that game, like you know, Trey Lance was the uh, Trey Lance. Well, Trey Lance scored a touchdown. Trey Sermon was the starting running back in that game. That was the third worst rushing performance the Niners had all year from a yards per carry. They were 3.2 yards per carry. Two of the three worst rushing performances they had were games that Trey Sermon started. And he had a couple of good runs, and he scored a touchdown in that game. But Elijah Mitchell was not available. Jeff Wilson Jr. was not available. Debo was still a month and a half away from like becoming a a, a wide back. Is that what you call that we called himself? A wide, a wide, I mean, he yeah. ran the ball a couple times on like end arounds there, but he was it was different. So I think that's the first reason the Niners are a little underrated this week. Their run game is much better than it was well, then. They, they, they lose Saturday night if they rush for six, seven yards, right? It's Yeah, it's <laughs> they don't have a shot. They have to be this version of themselves. And, you know, the Packers are not a great run-stopping team. I think the other thing, Bosa was big in that game. Even though he didn't get a sack, he was everywhere. The Niners' ability to rush the passer has just, I think, gotten better and better and better every week, it feels like. So... I think they're now the Packers are probably he, he, better as of right now. He's no lock. You just even Kyle's like they ask him. He's like, I think he'll be ready, but you never know with concussion. You just do not know. No, you know? no, that concussion would be a protocol. major blow if he's not able to clear. It would be uh, I mean, he clearly, was, but I'm yeah. just saying like that would be It's one thing. The momentum of a game like last week, if you said Nick Bosa's not able to play, I'd be like, that's that's tough. Somebody in the chat, a couple people in the chat are saying Ayuk wasn't was in the doghouse. Watch a game. I don't know what the I didn't even bother with the box score. Ayuk made some impactful plays in that game, the first game. Touched four for thirty seven and a touchdown. Yeah, and they were he made a couple. He made a big third down catch, so he was good in that game. Um, but 
you know, I, I think I think they're underrated because of how if you use the first game as some kind of indication, the Packers are 29th in defensive yards per game. They're 28th in defensive rushing uh, DVOA. Sorry, 29th in defensive yards per carry per game. So uh, it's not their strength. It's not their strength. The Niners must have had a fumble in that game too, huh? So Jimmy had a pick and a fumble? Jimmy had, it was the throw, try and pull it down, it goes backwards, weird fumble, yeah. You remember the play against the Cowboys where he threw the ball to Elijah Mitchell into the screen? <laughs> he had a similar play. It was different, but like air, air mails a ball to Debo as the defender's bearing down and Debo's eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, His completion percentage on guys five to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage that are going to lead to uh, – you know, second and seventeen on a completion is really high. Like he he leads the league. He's nobody's better at uh, completing a ball on first and ten that leads to seven, second and sixteen, yeah, and getting credit for a completion. You know, he, they he, they did get. Even he tried the one to Kittle. Luckily, that thing hit the ground. That would have been a disaster. I mean, yeah. that might have been the game. Yeah, yeah. But I think having Elijah and. Elijah Mitchell back and Debo as I, th- I think the Niners should hope it's it snows right it, they they want the conditions to be shitty I think that that is where historically teams like the 49ers you know if you're just built on running the ball and playing defense I was listening to uh to Rick Spielman DJ they had him on you know the GM that for the Vikings that just got fired and they were talking about just like he's like yeah I just sat and watched games last week and he's talking about like top 10 quarterbacks and then it, and DJ's like yeah we amended uh we amended the way you have to have a top 10 quarterback to win playoff games unless Kyle Shanahan's calling offense for you. And even Rick was like, you know, the one thing Jimmy just on big spots, like the, uh, he was, he, yeah, obviously he wasn't talking about Kirk Cousins, but I think his subtle digs on Kirk Cousins is like, you know, obviously you want a top five, 10 quarterback, but you also need a guy if he's not a top 10 quarterback, if the guy can just be successful in key spots. And you would just say Jimmy can be on like third and eight, like he can complete a ball in a tie game in a fourth quarter to George Kittle on third and eight, where that's where like the bottom 15 quarterbacks, sometimes they crumble in that situation. To me, if Jimmy, if they can run the ball and Jimmy can just be on the situational football solid, they have a chance to win it. It starts with running the football and then, then it goes with Jimmy, you know, just being good in the situational spots, like on second and eight on that ball, when he runs, you know, was rolling out that he threw the pick in Dallas. Like, I would say when Jimmy's good, sometimes he just doesn't pull the trigger, you know, but he does never throws it away. That is not Jimmy. It hit me when I watched that play. Like, he never throws it away. He's not a throwaway quarterback. Usually the ball's out of his hands, too. He's not normally in that spot, just like hanging out out by the numbers, right? Rolling out. The ball's usually out or he yeah, gets you, sacked. Yeah, you could say. Or he runs like forward. Josh Allen and Mahomes, right? When they keep plays alive, you're like in a good spot. I would say the longer Jimmy has to keep the play alive, it's when it gets scarier, right? When he's kind of scrambling and pointing, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure everyone's doing? Kyle's just like, throw the ball to the ground! <laughs> you know, That's where, to me, and you're not, you know, Leopard doesn't change his spots, right? Jimmy's a 30-year-old veteran now. But to me, the number one key thing you're talking about all week is like, we cannot, the, the turnover battle, just looking at the stats from the, they lost 30 to 28, and they lost the turnover battle two to nothing. Like you just, I would say the thing with Kyle and Jimmy over the last several years, it's crazy how often they're losing the turnover battle and still competing. Like that, that is like you were talking about LaFleur. 
how it really is hard to judge him. Like he has this guy who's like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever who literally does not turn the ball over at all. Best in the league. Of like all time. Who's that good? Because you just look at like Manning stats, Brady stats, like those guys throw some picks. This guy fucking guy does not throw picks. How many picks does he have the last couple years? Remember even the year they got Jordan Love, he had like three picks that year. He does not throw interceptions. I sort of got at, I mean, if you just watch football, you end up watching a lot of Rodgers. I feel like he doesn't even throw that many interceptable balls. Uh, he's thrown this year four, last year five. He's thrown double-digit interceptions twice in his career, not since 2010. That was the last time he did it. So since LaFleur's been there, he's four, five, and four. He's thrown eight. What's eight plus five? 13. How many picks did Jimmy Garoppolo have this year? Probably 13. 13. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers in the last three years has thrown 13 interceptions. It's I bet Trevor incredible. Lawrence had, a, had like a seven-game stretch where he threw 13 interceptions this year. That's pretty incredible. I don't, you know, here's the other thing, though. you feel like he throws that many balls into compromising spots when you watch? No. They get a lot of guys wide open. I, I don't feel like he throw. He he might be the le- the less the least the least stressful thrower. Are, are you ever was, stressed once he lets it go? Jimmy threw twelve, so Aaron one more over three year span. Is that just regular season stat, or does that include the uh, Cowboy game? I guess we're not counting Aaron's postseason though. Yeah, regular season twelve. Yeah. Um. Now, the other thing was, if you go back and watch it, the Packers actually effectively ran the ball, especially early in that game. I remember watching and then rewatching. The run game for them was not terrible, and they were getting some chunks early that kind of op- opened my eyes a little bit. And they can run the football. Like, that's like the Niners are not, the, that's just part of playing your guy, right? LaFleur and for Shanahan, the Niners aren't the only ones that have. Like you would think Aaron would be, you know, second or third in the league. I mean, they were two fifty eight a game passing. Like they run the ball relative to their ranks. Like they're ranked higher as a running team in terms of just gross yardage than they are as a passing team. You remember when the Jordan Love draft happened? They got double shit on. Everyone destroyed the Jordan Love pick and just the the drama that it brought. But then in the second round, Gudikins drafted AJ Dillon, this like big thick. You know, who was the guy that used to play, uh, played for Seattle for a little bit? Jamel Hill said I was calling him fat. Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, yeah. And this guy was this big, powerful guy out of Boston College. And everyone was shitting on the Packers. And I remember I had a friend who's like, bro, this guy's good. <laughs> I don't know. And then they had Jamal Williams, who's now in the Lions, who was going to be a free agent, you know, that year. So they needed some reinforcements. If you've watched A.J. Dillon this year, guy is a load. And Aaron Jones is clearly just, you would say, their second-best skill guy. Devontae's one. He's two. This guy is really good. And the one thing, LaFleur, where I give him a lot of credit, and I know a lot of people question like how good really is he with Aaron Rodgers, he's instituted the Shanahan run game. And Aaron's bought into it, and it's led him to winning back-to-back MVP. Like their, their offense is so well-balanced. And I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, they like complement each other perfectly. One guy... I would say Aaron Jones is more of a true like Shanahan guy, one cut, can catch the ball, just a really good player, just a all-around good running back. I would say A.J. Dillon's a little bit like of a throwback of a guy like in the 90s you would see just like low on his shoulder, you know, kind of chubby and just but athletic as shit and breaking tackles. Like he's 
Now, the Niners, you would say they got three sweet linebackers that can all tackle. Their D-line just causes havoc. The run game, they they feel pretty confident playing teams that want to run it. They're actually, you would say, much less equipped to face a team that wants to, like, Mahomes and Andy, like in a dome in a Super Bowl, that would be a problem. Yeah, but if I told you both teams just run the hell out of the ball, who does that favor? No, I'm just, that's what you want. But I'm saying the Packers, if they're smart, like you just like last game, they only you run for 100 yards to keep some balance in your offense, but you went throwing the ball. Like you're taking, you, can you get Devontae on Ambry? Can you get Devontae even Mosley? Like I like Mosley, but he's not a lockdown corner. You know, like you can go like Devontae Adams can get 150 on him pretty easily. Yeah, can you get C.J. Goodwin? On Josh Norman. Just broke him off, John. Great route. CJ Goodwin has never caught a pass in the NFL until he caught the uh, fake punt for the Cowboys the other day. Sorry, didn't mean to uh, get off track there. Uh, uh, well, Hightower said it was a great route. Great yeah. route. Well, this guy's never caught. He's been targeted once in his life. What did you think about Hightower's comments about uh, last week? A couple plays were just a little bump in the road. Yeah, I, Did you, I didn't appreciate that. I thought it was you, uh, an, an accurate description. What, what would you say a bump in the road special teams game would be? Like a couple missed tackles, maybe? A bump in the road. Yeah, a, a bump in the road. Um, Poor snap or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Bob. if there's such a thing as a bump in the road in a playoff game. With special teams? Well, in like a game that came down to the a team spiking the ball at the twenty yard line with one second left, no seconds left. Like, there's no bump in the road. Every play, bump in the road is week seven. Is a bump in the road. something bump in the road. Anything that happens in a playoff game is just. But you could even argue non playoff game. If you give up a fake punt for a first down, that's a pretty big moment in a tight game. That's what I mean. Right? Like, there, I don't even know what a bump in the road would be. Bump in the road maybe is like. You try eight field goals. One of them, there's like a weird snap, but you still get it down and it works. But I, nothing that fails can be a bump in the road in a playoff game. You know what I mean? So the trajectory is bit, with the unit's been pointing up. Well, I do think, you know, Trenton Cannon had a really good return in the first Packer game. Looked fast. He almost hey. returned it for a touchdown. It was the, the kicker stopped him. Was it the following week then against Seattle where he does the double uh, fumbles, I think? Yeah. Because they play back-to-back primetime games, right? Against those two teams, Seattle was primetime. Also, if, if I'm right? going to be a yeah, if I'm going to be a high tower defender, I can live with uh, roughing the punter. Now, I you know, in a game you have a lead in the second half, that's probably one of like, hey guys, do we want to be super aggressive? You could argue the semantics on like, is it the time to be being aggressive? Yes, but like you, you would always want your teams to lean being aggressive. Now, you could argue, like, McCarthy said the same thing. His guys were jumping off sides every other play for the defense. Well, I mean, Randy Gregory was very aggressive in the game, yes. To me, a fake punt when – and it's a pretty obvious fake punt where everyone's like, they're probably faking it sometime here, guys. They knew it was coming. (laughs) They kept their defense on the field. I mean, they give them credit. I'm not being sarcastic. They self-scouted. Like, they know, right? Yeah, it's just – it's – you know, there are a lot of McDaniel clips going viral, I think, this week. And I, I think a lot, a large reason is because he's kind of in the mix right now. And, you know, other teams, you know, just being a part of like coaching searches. If you're on the side of the coaching search, you're like, let's do some investigative research on what this guy sounds like. And he's got some just great moments. 
And everything is like, he gave one today that went viral that was like the reason why they block so well. He's like, everyone doesn't understand the reason we block so well. He's like, the reason we block so well, because we have a period on Thursday and then we reshow it on Friday and we make an emphasis in the meetings where we show the run period with the wide receivers blocking. He's like, you get what you emphasize. And I just, I, Kyle is such a smart coach and he clearly is just, the guys love him. His, what he, you know, he's the offensive coordinator, but clearly what he stands for on defense carries over. He does not give a shit about special teams. Now, maybe this season he doesn't have time to worry about it. His evolution as a coach is he has to figure out. And it's it, to me, it's not just like you hire Rich Piscaccia or you know Brand, you know uh, Brad Seely or whoever. Some sweet a bunch of coaches have been fired. You hire Joe Judge, whatever. You have to emphasize it. Like I, I think the defensive guys know that. Like Jimmy Ward knows. Like Kyle's is on me to make plays. I, I, I would imagine the special teams, like, they just don't even think he's paying attention. Like, it has to start with him. It, it just, it, he has to just make it feel like those guys think it matters to him. Because I think the defensive guys, even though he does not call defensive plays, feel that defense matters to Kyle Shanahan. The special teams clearly is just thrown to the side. And he even said as much. <laughs> he just When they drafted Mitch Wisnowski. No, I'm saying. Like no, I'm not being funny. Week. Like when they drafted Mitch, he's like, I hope I never have to watch special that that. Again. Oh yeah, he's admitted it. Do you agree though? He needs to. I think at least my guess is John. They emphasize it. My guess, Trent Williams talked to the special teams group last week, so he's using some curveballs, having stuff like that happen. My guess is they he's trying to adapt on the fly, and will not, I will not make that mistake again. Yeah. Who whose idea you think it was for Trent to talk? I mean, either Trent's or. Would Kyle pick Trent Williams to go talk to the special teams unit? It's kind of an interesting. He's just a leader, so leaders do leader things. Well, I, I could also see just like it's one special teams is the one that you're like really, you know, it's less about plays and schematics and more just heart and effort. Yeah, where you just like get our biggest badass to get in front and give the I've never been here. Give whatever you take. Just, he, he's not know. even even Kyle's like yeah, you know, he's probably never played special teams in his life. I think it's one of those just to kind of scare everyone. Like we better be on our P's and Q's. If you, I, I would bet five hundred dollars right now that that's just one of those late night. Kyle's like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Like, fuck, just have Trent get in front of him and just like give him a little rah rah. Like, and he goes to Trent, like, hey man, could you? This is a fucking. Could you say something to these guys? He's like, fuck yeah, I'll say whatever you want me to say. And I give him credit for trying, but that's that, that's the type of thing where. And again, Belichick's way older and coach special teams and Coughlin's coach special teams. It's something that starts in the offseason. Like, Kyle, you just got to go to a special teams meeting. Like, you got to right. maybe not be playing. And listen, I I don't Wordle. blame you. I play grab ass at practice, but like playing grab ass with John Lynch with during Debo. the special teams period. He, he, he talks to Diva all the time. <laughs> during special teams. Do you think... Just Kyle anyone- needs to run down on special teams the way he throws passes. Do you think it's easier for Bill to be on special teams because he's coached special teams and so he knows the value of yes. it and it matters to him? Absolutely. I think it's always easier to criticize something. you. I mean, it's easy to criticize something you don't know. Don't get me wrong. But if you're really looking the people in the eye, they know very quickly if you don't know what you don't know. For And I think Shanahan probably the stuff he knows, he really knows inside and out, right? He can talk run game with Alex Mack. He can talk it with uh, uh, Emmett Smith. He can talk with anybody. Special teams, probably he's not as comfortable doing that. And so he doesn't, maybe. I don't know. Well, in in my experience around Coach Reed, 
I, I, I'm not trying to act like it's not normal what Kyle's doing. I, Andy wasn't like losing sleep over like being a special teams practice. But I'd say this, what he did in Kansas City is he went and hired Dave Tobe, who, you know, our guy Cameron Worrell played for him. I think he's widely considered, like him and Harbaugh, the best special teams coaches. And I, I'm not even trying to act like Andy's big into it now. But clearly he hired the best guy, paid him a lot of money, and they've had just had a good unit, right? So if Kyle, if, if worst case scenario, if you're not going to even attempt, and I it, listen, if he doesn't want to do it, you do need to be like, well, hey, can we take $1.5 million and go hire Rich, go hire whoever, Joe Judge, right? Say what you want about Joe Judge. Like, he did coach special teams for Bill Belichick. I would say one thing for Joe Judge, he knows special teams. You, you do, if you're not going to fuck with it, you better place a premium because you're too good. Like, it's clear. You're too good. You got too many good players. You're going to be in too many of these big games. You naturally play in just batshit crazy games anyway. <laughs> so did Harbaugh. And it was a huge point of difference. Well, Except the I, one time, and no one even blamed him. It was like kind of a freak deal. The guy just couldn't catch the punts, right? Kyle Williams, yeah. I mean, remember what Dante Whitner told us? We asked him. He's like, you know, he brought Hard up guts, the Harbaugh right? teams. Like, the best players of those <laughs> Niner teams played on special teams. Now, that's hard. You've had a bunch of injuries this year. COVID, the Niners can't get one or two returners. I mean, every game, it's two different guys returning punts, right? That's but, a Belichick thing, and Brad learned that from Belichick, and I bet Harbaugh loved it. I, something to be said for it. Now, it's tough. Like, I don't, you know. You're going to put Al Shire and Fred Warner covering You got Al Shire's out there being held together by plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greenlaw's pulling pulling hammies, running down, covering I mean, kickoffs. Gro- gro- a groin, it's always something. Um, and I'm, it's just a tough sport. I get, I get why it's hard to do that. I, I do get. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed, 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 indeed.com slash ham. Right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit when you upgrade your post at indeed.com slash ham. Listen, man, if you're hiring or ladies, uh, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements and it's, it's so easy, guy. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right job skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With instant match, as soon as you sponsor a post at Indeed.com slash ham, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications uh, that meet your must-have requirements. No big deal. Nope. I mean, think about the process right now. You think Mark Davis could use Indeed.com slash ham if Harbaugh doesn't take his job? How is he going to do all this stuff? How is he going to get the people that do exactly what he needs? And how is he going to get to the bottom of it? Right? You got to attract. You got to interview. You got to hire. You got to do it all in one place. You think You think the Vikings could use Indeed? They're trying to interview D'Amico Ryans while he's preparing on a short week for a playoff game? Don't like that. I mean, everything you do is about people evaluation putting the right people in your life, bringing the right people around you into your company. I wish you could just take this to the bar and go indeed.com slash ham and start sifting through friends when you're freshman year in college, trying to figure out who should I hang with, which one of my roommates isn't insane, Uh, but you can't. But when you're hiring, you can. And that's why you do it at indeed.com slash ham. They make it easier for the star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding, baby. Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Get it before uh, March 31st, Indeed.com, slash ham, $75 job credit, Indeed.com, slash ham. 
Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I mean, I, could, wouldn't you love to break down a film the day you met your college roommates freshman year? Did you uh, live in the dorms or what was the deal at Cal Poly? Yeah, I lived in the dorms. Yeah, there were some couple guys from Novato. Remember meeting this Grant from San Diego. I had, you know, Travis and Fry, a couple guys that we went to high school with were right there too. But it was, yeah, I can't even, doesn't that feel like a different world ago? Isn't that weird? 
I mean, it's not we're not that far away, guy. Fall of 03, 20 years ago. I know. I know. 20 years ago, we were headed into those little... What would I have to pay you right now to spend six months in a dorm? Even if it was oh. by yourself. Could you, oh. could you do it? I drove, well, I by, do it by, I drove by the Sequoia. There, you know, it's Fresno State. It's right off of Shaw Avenue. And I was back for uh, Christmas going to see Alyssa's family. And I drove by the, uh, the, 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 the Sequoia was the, the dorms. We were in the suites. I was late to get my application in. And so at the last minute, they opened up the handicap suite. So that's where I was. We had a lot of extra room. The hallways were wide. The bathroom was wide. The, everything was wheelchair accessible in our dorm oh. room. Big shitters. Four, yeah, so much space. Roll in, you know, like walk in, shower. It was four guys, two in each room, two bunk beds in each room. But the living room was huge. We had a, a foosball table, beanbag. First floor of the door was always open. It was just a stream of people nonstop. And um, was that the dude on the Brewers? Brother was in your in that group. Uh, no, no, he was not in my, uh, uh, Steve, my Steve Braun, Ryan's brother was not in my dorm. Steve and I lived together year two. We got a house. Was Steve on the baseball team? Steve was on the baseball team. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so you didn't have uh, like in my dorm, we had, I think like, you know, six and six showers. So every shower was like, kind of like a little shitter. You know, when you go in, there was like five or six at a game, everyone's shower. You can see everyone's feet next to you. It's just. I guess you just become normalized to it. Like you just walk in. There's like seven guys with towels shaving. It's just like, but after a while, it's just part of the deal. And then you look Absolutely. back, like, how did I do this? It's like a Couldn't camp that lasts for a year. Anyway, where, where'd you guys play hoops? Rec uh, center or like the little yeah, the other right. gym that we used to play? Now that the the older the uh, North Gym is where we would play. That's where the intramural league. When, I, the crazy when I got ballers, there, that's where the crazy the new, ballers won their championship. <laughs> Because when I got there, the rec center was relatively new. Huh? It was pretty sweet. Yeah, it wasn't there, I think, my freshman year. The new rec center. Yeah, the new rec center wasn't bad. But you played in the North Gym. Oh, well, we played well, you, We played. Yeah, in the North, the North Gym was like just shitty old gym that feels yeah. good to play pickup hoops in. We actually had, we, to get us back to football, we had one of our neighbors. Her name was Turk. I don't know what her real name is. We called her Turk. She would uh, carry a big boombox everywhere. So we actually kind of had the Niners assistant strength coach for our intramural basketball warm-ups, she would walk out with the boombox while uh, we did warm-ups. You start? Uh, I did not, no. But we won you the championship. <laughs> I came off the bench. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so Jimmy Garoppolo, John, spoke to the media today. The Niners practiced with Garoppolo's throwing thumb and now a sprained throwing shoulder. By the time the media was asked to leave practice, no one had thrown yet, so we don't know how he threw. But we do know that it's a problem for him. He said as much, asked which one hurts more on Tuesday. He said yes. So is there any part of you that wonders wonders if Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starting quarterback against the Packers on Saturday night? Uh, no. I mean, I just, I'm just i at the point now where I expect him to play. But, I mean, he's clearly banged up. And when he gave the description how he hurt his shoulder is because he didn't want to hurt his thumb. Right, he's going down, and I've never broken a hand or had a cast. But you know, people with splints or whatever, when they're going down on it, they have to roll. He kind of did that the way he described it, and he went down. Obviously, you have less of a length to fall if you put your hand down. Well, he put his elbow down because he didn't want to fall on his throwing hand. Then he jams his elbow, and it jams back up to his shoulder. Now he claimed, especially Kyle was pretty adamant that he's like, you have to ask Jimmy about the shoulder making his throws look shitty, but I just basically say, I'm like, oh, it's just Jimmy's throw some shitty passes. (laughs) 
And his velocity, to me, even back to when he threw, the only one I give him a little bit of a pass on is the Tennessee pick because the angle it gave in slow motion coming out of his hand looked really funny. Like, his picks are spirals. they just usually really high. That one, remember, was kind of like a wobbler. Yeah. It was like he couldn't grip it. I, I, I'll i be stunned. Like, I, do you expect, like, Trey Lance has been named the starter? Like, I, you know, that's... I'd be, I would also be stunned. If Trey Lance was the, let's say the Jimmy Garoppolo was out, Trey Lance was starting, what would the line be? Well, some people suggest that it, you know, this morning Jason McIntyre tweeted major line movement because of this. The line surged to Green Bay minus six. Green Bay minus six actually just seems seems like a reasonable line to me. Texted someone in SF about 90 minutes ago asking about Jimmy G. Lots of rumors like may not start good. And then uh, uh, Rap Sheet noted PXG uh, club owner. Went on McAfee's show talking about it. You know, that that still shot I got, you know, he didn't hold it like that the whole time, but it's almost like they paid him to, like, pull the hat down once while he was on McAfee's show. Honestly, if you go on McAfee's show where there's 28,000 people watching at any given second and you're not getting paid to wear whatever logo you're wearing, you are doing yourself a disservice. So hopefully Rap Sheet got himself at least a free set of clubs out of that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, if, if you told me right now, Trey Lance is the starting quarterback in this game, I'd say the line is 12. I don't think I see. I don't know. You were going to go double figures. Do you think they could win with Trey Lance starting quarterback? I wouldn't. Yeah, do I think they could? Yes, I do think they could. I do in think a they playoff could. game is third I, start in his career on the I, road and land. I think they could. Yeah. I'm not saying I would, I don't, I'm not saying the odds are good, but I think they could. Yes. I saw some, you know, I fall. I have that much faith in Kyle's run game. I saw a couple of people with the Packers. They're like, you know, bloggers for the Packers, people that cover the Packers. Like, I think the Niners' best chance to win this before it even got out that Jimmy was injured would be like them starting Trey Lance. I'm like, guys, did you guys watch? I know you didn't. The Texans game. Like, let's let's not act like this guy's just, you know, Patrick Mahomes year two right now. This it could be it could be overwhelming. This guy has made two NFL starts. They have been rocky. Uh, listen, I, I am not some huge Jimmy defender, but I do. I am on board now with Kyle understanding he makes you feel good going into a game that he can play NFL playoff games. It would it, The Texans game was hard for Trey Lance. This game would be very difficult. You know, we had the discussion on the last podcast about um, like how many good plays does one bad play cancel? You know, is it like three good throws with one bad interception? A bad interception is worth a lot. If we go back, if we did a cut-up of the year of Niners on third down, there would be so many third and 10s, third and 11s, third and 8s that Garoppolo hit. Like, there's a lot of those. If you go back and watch the high... Like 30 go, yards. He had, they had a lot of like slants that go big. But I'm just talking about crunch time, big oh, yeah. moment, third and 11s. Go back and watch the last Packer-Niner playoff game. Kaepernick hits a couple huge third and longs in that game. So ultimately, that is what is required of you in these games. Like, there's going to be some game where everybody standing at home can barely hold their bowels and didn't you got to step up and make a big play. Didn't Whitner mention that? Like, go back and watch Kaepernick carried us. In some and it wasn't spots. just, I mean, it was some huge runs, but he had some big throws. He had some huge runs. Maybe people are saying that. I forget that game, to be honest with you. I might need to go back and watch that. I mean, if you watch him run, the way he can turn the corner and accelerate, even at the sideline, the field looked like absolute ass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
uh, like maybe people, you know, they Kyle did put Trey Lance in a critical spot in the first meeting between these two. It was goal to go situation. They're down 17 to nothing. The half is about to end. Garoppolo's about to get sacked and I'll whisper kind of grounds a pass that could have been flagged for as he's like in the grass because they had no timeouts. Two seconds left and it's all or nothing. Shanahan's like he can kick the field goal, make it 17 to three or try to score. And he brings Trey Lance into the game and he gets that huge. That was a sweet play. That was, was a sweet that's play. one of the highlight plays of the year. Just a one-off Debo, play. Debo wasn't on the field. Um, Ayuk was, was not on the field. And it was, you know, just that, go that follow. Went into, they went into halftime off that play, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a big play. Do you think they have plays for him now? Or, like, obviously last week they I didn't need think to use them because they were winning? I kind of think they do. But I also, Garoppolo, yeah, I Jimmy in the red zone. I mean, you, I don't know. I, I think you're okay with Jimmy in the red zone. I'm going to miss Niners Jimmy. The number one, I said it last week and you saw it. They put it on TV. Not me saying it. The Niners, number one red zone touchdown team in the league by percentage. So, you know, it's 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 weird because it's not really a weakness of your team. No, they have so many weapons and they run the ball so well. Jimmy right? has more I mean, rushing touchdowns than Trey Sermon. Well, Jimmy is a fantastic short yardage sneaker, except when he needs to let his offensive tackle get set. Now you could argue, and you know, did we need to shift him? Probably not, but. Would have gone down as one of the all-time. If the Cowboys won that game, that specific play, I think might get be worse than the interception. Okay, let's say they win the game. Who are who's your number one culprit on that? Is it just Jimmy? You got to know your veteran quarterback. Do you need to shift Trent? Trent, like to me, that's a little Kylie. Like that's a little much. You could just run the sneak. Like it's unstoppable. I feel I, like the most Brady I, sneaks, and we've all watched a lot of Patriot big games. There ain't no shifting or anything. It's like fucking mano a mano. I'm sneaking. Yeah. Yeah. And same with Jimmy. Like, they just do the sneak. He's great at the sneak. Really, a lot of credit. How do you, like, quarterbacks, you know, you can't hit the quarterback, but clearly Brady over the years got was great at sneaks from the beginning, but they're kind of hard to practice because you don't want to put the quarterback in too much of a, let the breakdown with a coach how they practice sneaks. It feels like there is a skill at, like, the, probably a 10% of a second where you hesitate, you let them get a little push, and then you go. Because you don't go right away. You got to let them kind of take their initial explosion, and then you pick a lane, and then you go. feels like Jimmy goes a little higher than Tom. I guess Jimmy can go low sometimes. Jimmy went high in the in the one that got flagged, didn't he? He kind of yeah. went. He was over like on the, Max back kind of, right? Yeah. I was, I was like, again, actually a little close for my liking. It wasn't. He didn't just pick up a yard. He picked up like a half yard on that play, didn't he? Because he was high and they kind of. Uh, I thought he right got back. enough. I no, he, he got enough, but I'm yeah. just saying it wasn't. I mean, like, he only needed. Yeah, but sometimes I would say Jimmy sneaks gained like a yard and a half. This was not one of those. You know, the other thing that happened in the first Packer game was the use check sneak worked. Which one? Oh, the where he got in. W- which game did that fail in? Was that the? It was a home game against. Somebody in the chat might remember. Might have been the Colts. I want to say. I want to say it was Indianapolis too. It was. Uh, it was bad. And then no one. I could text them and ask them what happened. But clearly, you know, no one really took like they didn't put it on one person or the other. It might have been like, wasn't he supposed to run the, the option? Game? Wasn't he supposed to run the option or something? And he just I went. Don't know. But it worked in the first. It, it, that was one of the other things that happened in that game. 
Um, you know, I heard I was uh, you texted me today because you were at the gym and you heard some guy listening to Pop and Lund. I was like, yeah, I wonder what Pop and Lund are up to. No, I was on a, just a, a nature walk. Oh, oh nature walk. And the guy's nothing, walking his dog, and I am like, is that Greg? And then the guy dude, just keeps walking. It happened to me yesterday. I was on a walk. A guy walks by with both dogs, and he's like probably you know mid fifties, and he's just got his phone in his hand, just full blast listening, you know, protecting his eardrums or something. What was he listening? I don't even know. Um, but so I was like, oh yeah, let's see what. The-. So Peter, Chris Biederman was on from the Sacramento Bee, and he made the point. This was an interesting theory. He's like, maybe the cold helps Jimmy; it numbs the pain. I was like, ah, I had not thought about that. Maybe it you numbs say, the, the pain. The one thing about Jimmy, and he talked about it today, like I'm born and raised in this shit. Like he is. You know, yeah, we talk a lot about Derek. Like the last thing I worry about Jimmy is the cold. Born and raised in Chicago, played in Chicago, and then played in New England. Like to me, he's not a California guy. He's just probably dated a lot of our women since he's been here. But he is a cold weather guy. Like to me, Tom became one by going to Michigan and then New England. Jimmy was born and raised in it. Yeah. Like you, you and I, you, I mean, I think the older you get, it's probably hard to, most people, they all avoid it like the plague if you've never been around it. Some, when you meet people from there, like, well, it will not shock me at all if Jimmy's resident has a residence as he gets like in his 40s. Like you were reading about what's Jimmy Garoppolo doing now? Like has a pad in Chicago. Like they like the cold. Now he'd probably have a sweet pad, pad in like Jupiter, Florida. He's got so much money, but I'm just saying like cold people like, they feel comfortable in that. I don't, but, you know, that's why I always respect the Rodgers and the Bradys who go there, and then they kind of become one with the weather. I mean, how about Josh Allen going to Wyoming and then to Buffalo? Like, that's not where he grew up. Feels very natural in it, too. Wouldn't you say Fireball is pretty hot? Yes. Fire <laughs> yeah. is in the name. Yeah. You're right. And now uh, I, I think – Maybe once you have a skill set, you can find, like, this is a big point. This is a separating factor for me. I can play well on this. It's harder for other guys. Yeah. It probably helps, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... um Like the Euros playing in the wind in golf, they feel comfortable in it. Well, and that's where, you know, if you told me it was windy and Jimmy's arm was a little less than 100%, that'd probably be a little more concerning than cold and arm less than 100%. Although, again, I, Jimmy's arm, you know, it's funny. Like, when you see him throw over the middle like there's plenty of arm there um and then sometimes you watch a deep ball or a throw to the sideline and it doesn't feel like there's quite as much arm but it's just not I, you know sometimes it's just a scattering report arm strength's not an issue you would just say he's just not a good deep ball thrower not necessarily because he can't make it i maybe he's just not comfortable doing it he's just not good at the deep ball yeah because he can throw it 40, 45 yards, but they just do not. And yeah. it might just be as simple as he's not the most accurate player. I wouldn't say he's a naturally accurate player. And the deep ball does take some pinpoint accuracy, right? Pinpoint might be strong, but I mean, I just... It's, a, it's thro- a really hard ball to throw. I mean, we could start with that, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's the hardest ball to throw. That's why Russell, it's... His deep ball is so beautiful, and it's always Tom just drops too. right in the spot. Brady. Even Manning, for a long time, he would just have to get rid of it earlier, but he knew exactly where he wanted it to go. Yeah. E- Eli was a really good, I'd say, deep ball thrower. I feel like when I close I mean, my eyes and think Eli Manning, he just threw some deep balls, right? Might have thrown the greatest deep ball in the history of the league to Mario Manningham. 
Yeah, I mean, does Jimmy ever throw really? They just don't run that route, any routes down the sideline really, right? No, I think even, again, not to go back to the first pack game, they took some deep shots in that game that were not, that one of them was a pick. Was that the game where they hit a deep shot to Debo? Might have been a little later in the season. He hit a deep shot in the Debo. He did, Jimmy did hit a post this year to Debo. I forget what game, but it was like, oh, they ran a post. <laughs> I don't remember. The Niners' deepest routes were like, yeah, we'll just run some crossers and we'll push it back another 10 yards. <laughs> no posts. As long as you're open with like 12 yards around you, it can work. So I'm with you. I expect him to play. I, it would not shock me if you get something with Trey Lance in it. Um, we'll talk more about like keys to the game. We've got a couple things that we'll talk about on Thursday's podcast. I think there's a couple critical things that the Packers do really well. One thing specifically that they do really well that kind of is a part of this that we can talk about Thursday. But, you know, um, but I do expect him to play. I, I don't know. I, I don't I want to say you expect Trey Lance, but I think this is what unique about Kyle is Kyle pulls things out that are, quote unquote, you know, curveballs that are with his normal personnel with I Debo, agree. with Elijah Mitchell, with Ayuk. Um he ran a great fake Debo handoff Kittle end around in that first Packer game. I don't know how many times they've run it this year, maybe a couple, but it was a really unique, creative play. Um, so I think that's the beauty. That's the thing where it's hard to get Trey in there. He doesn't. I, it's hard to find the spot for him because he doesn't really need him. But if I'm Kyle, I in front of Lafleur and warmups, I go over and say what's up to Rogers. Try to just throw everyone off, throw Ooh. the mojo off. Ooh, that's a great Aaron, idea. Aaron, what's up, man, bro? Yeah, you know, offseason, probably be down in, in Diego with Staley. You're fucking around, Cali. You know, I know you got a place in Malibu. Holler at us. It's actually the OC. We we drink beers. We throw shit in the pizzas. Uh, I let you see that ball I threw last year? Yeah, we'll just be out there drinking on rooftops. Huh? You just huh? C- come on over. What's Before, that? Yeah, yeah, same number. Same number. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hit it, John. Yeah, John. You just forward him. He'll forward it to me. Yep. Same. No. Same place you came to last time. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Good luck. You, you, your vegan actress friends and wives and girlfriends and fiance. Bring them. They're cool. Yeah. Joe's wife's cool. Just bring them. Yeah. Jimmy will be there. It'll be cool though. Nothing to worry yeah. about. If you guys need salad or whatever, you probably need to bring that. We just have meat. But yeah, just bring whatever. I feel like if people Aaron hangs out with, they probably eat some weird foods. <laughs> Uh, 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 swap out. Well, they did. They went to Monkey Pod in Hawaii. That's where they were. Uh, Miles. Turner, oh, it's where the guy. Got, it's where the guy got beat up. Yeah. What's his name? Miles. Uh, uh Teller. Miles, Teller. <laughs> Miles Teller. Yeah. Where's Top Gun? Whatever happened to that movie? Remember that was supposed Still to come out like three for years it, John. Ago? Still waiting for it. That guy at the Super Bowl. I remember running into Miles Teller. He was promoting Top Gun two. That's, well, that was I mean, two years ago. You'll be promoting Top Gun seven before the second one comes out. I mean, is Tom Cruise going to be seventy when this thing comes out? I don't know. I saw there's a new Reacher, like a Jack Reacher show on like, uh, I don't know. I saw the ad last night, Amazon Prime or Disney Plus, or I don't even know what, but it's not, it's without him. It's just not the same. Well, do you know the new Billions? I had forgotten because I don't even remember the. I just finished. I just finished the old one, which is why I knew Axe is banished to, you know, Switzerland. I might need to rewatch the end of that. I forgot. So he's just, he's not in this new season. Makes no sense. Did he just contract dispute? Did he have something else to do? Yeah, this isn't the Patriots. You don't just get to keep playing without Brady. Like this is this, he is a huge part of the show. Like he's he's on the crew. Maybe he wanted out. Well, yeah. I mean, I that don't you un, 
wouldn't you guess? Like maybe they had a contract dispute or something. Can you have the Sopranos without Spoilers. Tony? Can you have Billions without Axe? I just, how do you have that? Well, the spoiler, the preview's out. He's not in the preview. I don't. Yeah, the, the trailer's out. Uh, DeAnthony says May 22nd, 2022. Is the Top Gun, uh, Top Gun release? I, the what, was it Axe? Is this weekend? Yeah. Right? Oh, it's this weekend? Good. I think the 23rd. So you and I have been talking about this for a few months to the point that I need to up, up, update my L's graphic. Um, but Florio today went all the way back to Texas Tech. We've been talking about for a few months that like once December hit, the Cardinals fall apart under Cliff. Uh, Florio all the way back to Texas Tech. 2013, start 7-0, finish 1-5. 2-0 to 2-8 in 14. In 2015, 3-1 start, 2-6 finish. In 17, 4-1 start, 2-6 finish. Then to the NFL, 3-3-1 start, 2-7 finish. 2020, 6-3 start, 2-5 finish. 2021, 10-2 start as we know, 1-5 finish for the Cardinals. So there is a cliff problem. I mean, we can agree on that, right? Rosillo's always had this argument, and I think he might be friends with them, is that it's unfair and disingenuous to use the Texas Tech stuff because Texas Tech doesn't play anyone in the non-conference, and then obviously they end up playing down the stretch, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They just play the legitimate point. And it's like, okay, I, I agree. It cannot be argued these last two years. We had a... He went one and five this year down the stretch. And to me, everyone's going to make a big deal over last night. They got their ass kicked. Ass kicked against Seattle a week ago. And if they win that game at home, they're division champs. Now, watching that game, let's say they would have won when the Rams lost to the Niners. Do the Rams go in there and beat them? Potentially, probably. Hell yeah. You know, that. <laughs> but. I, I, I'm I out, man. I've been out. I I wonder if he's going to get fired in the next couple of days. He's on a four-year contract this year, three. I know Schefter said that Oklahoma was interested, and I love that PFT and, and Big Cat are starting to make fun of these guys for, like, some of their Jimmy tweets and some of their tweets about, like, guys. I mean, it's it's a little much. I, I like him in Rap Sheet, but, like, you know, this guy's really done a lot to prove his worth. Like, guys, we're all watching the football game. The players, the coaches, like, we, we understand. Like, stop, you can't make things up out of, like, Jimmy, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to tweet that out. <laughs> but the Kingsbury yes. thing, like, and again, I, I know his agent. Uh, I just, I bet him a long time ago, and we text every once in a while. I think they were pretty confident when things were going well, they were going to break the bank, right? He was he was going to be an $8, 9000000 million coach. If he won the division, maybe won a playoff game. It couldn't have ended very any worse. And do you notice, did I forward you the Mike Silver tweet last night? One, say one thing about Mike Silver, especially on the West Coast, he's going to know these owners. And he wrote, like, you know, last year the owner was not happy with the finish. And watching this tonight, I can imagine he's really mad. And... You can coach on a one-year contract in the pros if you want to. I, I don't see how they would give him a fake extension. I, I wonder if I, – I, I will not be shocked if he loses his job by the end of the week. Now, I think it's the one thing that, you know, I know the Kingsbury camp felt pretty good about, somewhat tied at the hip with the quarterback. He's not just like I – w- I wouldn't just view him as like a normal quarterback. He is somewhat unique, and he still is – Probably, you know, he plays quarterback, so he's a really important asset. I, I Maybe the move is just to run it back. These guys on kind of a contract year, but you you could not even give him a, To me, you couldn't even give him a fake contract extension. Why would you want to just pay him to pay him? 
You wouldn't do it. You're right. You don't do it in the NFL. As you pointed they kicked, out, they, they beat the shit out of them last night. Did not feel like a playoff game. And it felt remember, like a Thursday night game, to be honest with you. The Cardinals were once upon a time in the driver's seat to have to win the division. They should have been at home for that game. Once I saw now, someone I say it was eighty percent for whatever it means, eighty percent likelihood that they were going to win the NFC West at whatever. Yeah, they were I, nine I don't one. think they're the better team. I don't. I, I don't think they should have been at home, but that's how I would be thinking if I were the owner of the Cardinals. The question is, if you if you've made the decision to fire Cliff, are you doing that independent of your decision? Are you keeping Steve Kime and he's hiring the next coach? I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't he's, think Kime's a joke. Good. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I, I don't, as crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, um, like, my question would be, clearly Kyler is better than most quarterbacks. I don't want to hear about Kyler's MVP in September. The reason to not bring Cliff back would be, sooner than later, you're going to have to make a decision about whether or not Kyler Murray's a $40 million quarterback. I need to know that answer as soon as possible because I don't want to be in the in-between. And I think in all likelihood, he probably will end up being that. But I got to find the guy that I think can win games with Kyler Murray immediately. And I you do think, wonder... You, you, you think there's a the better than 50% chance he gets a massive contract from the Cardinals like in the next couple of years? I'm just... I'm saying he he was... If you, you would, if I brought this up in September, we'd all agree he's trending that way, right? Oh, yeah. So... I know you're going to have to make the decision. I know pretty that. Te- pretty, pretty telling, though, two years in a row as the season goes on for a little guy that he just clearly doesn't look. This is my point. Like, I, know what it, I know what it looks like already. I got to know before I'm up against the deadline with Kyler what the future is with him. And I got to try and find the next coach for him. I actually – I'm not big on banging on Cliff. Like, I, you've told me enough. I've heard enough from other people. Like, he's liked. He works hard. I've, I've heard from somebody in that organization like Cliff Cliff works his ass off like there's no Cliff's not you know this whole playboy mentality that people put on him no no like, one's ever argued that no though. no but I do think the I think Kyler's part of this problem and this is what I'm getting at is like I would be a little apprehensive if I'm the next coach of the Cardinals if this guy really is everything that you know people think he could be then why was he so terrible against the Los Angeles Rams all these stats we're talking about with Cliff three years running, they're part of Kyler's resume too. And what happened Monday night is a big part of Kyler's resume. I thought Kyler looked like a like a baseball player in a slump on Monday, and there's no reason for it. It was the first game of the playoffs. And in baseball, you can have terrible body language because ultimately you play right field. As long as you catch the ball, you hit. You're not leading anybody else. Playing football and quarterback is a different animal. And bad body language in baseball is bad too. But his, he's got – Base, bad baseball body language, which is not what I want out of my quarterback. And when I brought this up to you, you made the point, and you're right. He looks that way when they're succeeding too. Well, when they're winning, it's not a problem. But he looked like he didn't want to bro, be there. It, it looked like the, the it looked like the last week before the All Star break to me watching Kyler Murray last night. He was zoned out. He I would was say for zoned. Him. Out and I do think he's. It's better to take. Sorry, it's better to take the job with Kyler than most quarterbacks probably. But I would be apprehensive about being Kyler Murray's coach right now. Of all the quarterbacks that he's in the crew of in terms of talent, and he's in the crew of all the young guys, right? Right. You just list the guys under thirty: Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Lamar. His body language. Those guys are good body language guys. You're the quarterback. Like Lamar to me is like the most upbeat of the group. 
it's why I've grown to love Lamar, even though like, you know, we'll see like obviously now some injury stuff, but it's like Lamar and knowing people in the Ravens, his positive energy, Kyler, bro, you're fucking slumping your shoulders. Like, like you said, you just went over 35 and baseball just can kind of be lethargic just in general. Right. It's just like what another game. This is football. And there have been enough rumblings with the top guys there that do not, and you know, the former players, I don't know, they have a few. One guy was at the game last night, Larry and Carson, that have made mention of that. So I'm I'm out. I'll, I, t- I, I'll tell you where I'm at on where I'm at, Kyler. I'm out. I'm I think out. it's I think it's a real reflection. I, I do buy that the body language is a reflection of the problems they have with him. And and I won't put that on Cliff in the sense of you can't change the guy's personality, but he knew this kid since he was 16 years old. He was the guy that pounded the table for him. He, the, the reason they, what's how the job, the job. They, can say, they can say what they want, but they built the thing around him. Yeah. Which, it's again, just, not yeah. a terrible plan. No, the plan, but again, the, you're investing in people. This is a people business. 100%. I'm just saying, I like to me, the logic of we've got the first pick. Let's hire the coach that knows the quarterback that we think we'll take. It's not the most insane thing I've ever seen. No, I, I again, I'm not anti. I understand why they did it. There weren't even that many great coaching candidates. But you, I'm I echo what you said. His body language makes me want to throw up. It, I can't imagine being a fan of that. No, you you lose, you lose. But just the the like you said. It's not even that fun when he wins. He's not like some big smiley guy. And listen, maybe he's just a negative Nancy. But god damn, you're getting your ass kicked. Show a little something. It was it was hard to watch. It really was. It was bad. And, Honestly, and, that's where, as, as, as I, and I'm a Cardinal hater. It was one of those you feel like you're kicking him like this is an embarrassment. <laughs> I, I just wanted to get into it because I, the criticism of Cliff Fair, I think it's fine. But I think the Kyler stuff is, I think it's, part of the problem i think well, i think I cliff the one thing you would give him right he's proven to not be the joke that people thought he would be because he yeah. went eight and eight last year and he won whatever 10 11 games this year then you go one and five it just it is really difficult i would say in sports you would say the historically in our lifetime in pro sports when you're known as a guy that always collapse right down the stretch and now it's happened multiple times that is something that's hard to shake. Like you're like you're known as the collapse. Like you do take the player stink on you, whether it's your fault or not. Now he has two pretty epic collapses back to back years where he should have he should have been in the playoffs last year and then this year. I would say that Monday night game, the entire league, like some some people might have missed you Saturday afternoon, right? Just like, you know, if you're if the team was out of the playoffs, maybe you're with right. your wife or your kids, you're at a fucking baseball game or a basketball game. There ain't a soul that missed that thing last night, right? <laughs> that just <laughs> college people, NBA people were watching. Like people were just watching that football game. You see Jay Z looks like Whoopi Goldberg now. What's up with his look? I didn't see him. Jay Z's just got a weird look going. I don't know. Maybe just moved to LA and kind of went just I don't know. Just looks a little different. I didn't see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mark Davis, John, there's a lot of jostling right now about who picked who. Vic Tafer's been doing some reporting about it. Who want, you know, between Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Who wanted Ruggs? Who wanted Arnett? Who wanted Furl? Vic Tafer kind of shot down. Pete Prisco wrote, oh, Mayock wanted uh, Devin White and got overruled. And uh, Tafer did a poop emoji gif, actually, on that. It was actually the dinosaur poop. Oh, the di- that's right. <laughs> With uh, Goldbaum or Gold- what's his name? Jeff Goldblum, who's just oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, but this this has been a retroactive mess. It was a mess in and of itself. It's been a mess on top of that, like as it's ended, the way it's ended. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. Um, and if it's not Jim Harbaugh, then I think the search is going to could be a little bit of a mess, too. He fires a lot of people. I mean, they just one thing after another. They just have disaster after disaster. And, you know, it was fun making fun of them years ago. We don't get as much joy out of it anymore. Uh, Part of it is they, you know, just had the same coach and GM for a little while. But now they're both gone. And like you said, the people that we were talking about this before we even started the pod is that you have to go back to when he took over the team. His two advisors were Ron Wolf and John Madden. Well, one guy's dead and the other guy's in his mid-80s now. And you just go, how would Mark, John Gruden and Jim Harbaugh hires are easy, right? They're not easy in terms of they cost a lot, but they're pretty easy, right? You just know the guy you want to hire. He's really famous. You're going to get a lot of credit for it. It, it, No one can really, especially Jim. To me, John, some people would be like, you know, it's kind of crazy hire. But to me, Jim would be a no-brainer. You would get universal credit for it. It would be huge for your you know, brand and your team. And it would just be a big deal. It'd be a big football deal. And John was too. If he just has to do a normal, like Brian Dayball or Kellen Moore, like I didn't fuck, I don't know really what he would have. The only way he could do that, he'd have to hire a GM first and the GM would make the hire. That's, and that's what that happened. But who's conducting that interview? I guess Mark. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, do NFL teams ever hire search firms? I mean, colleges do it all the time. I, well, Mark always had these guys that he kind of leaned on that were kind of legends that, you know, clearly helped. I think what would end up happening is the league will effectively operate as his search firm. Right. And so well, they, they've done, they did that with, you know, Shad Khan. They get, they basically gave him bulky, you know, it's like he wouldn't be alone in that. I would say the difference is Mark has been around the NFL for 40 years now or what, you know, longer than that, however, well, 60 his whole life. Yeah. But in terms of really decision making. But he's now but been not, running a team for a decade, right? And he's been yeah. around league meetings, and like he should be knowing a lot of fucking people now. Totally. He has no no excuse now. I, I give him some excuses. His dad didn't let him around in eleven. A lot going on now. It's like you've been to all these. He goes to every game. He meets all these people. People like him. Like people are coming up to talk to him. This is this to me now is on Mark, right? 
no, no, it's not about excuses. It's what I'm saying is that though, what evidence is there that he would know how to do? He would do this. I think the scary, that, scary thing now, is now I'll say veteran job. Veteran owners have screw up hires left and right every day. So John Morris missed every year for like. Yeah, I mean it's not it's it's really not unique to Mark, but it's just what would they do? You know, I mean, I Joe Judge is a hire that you end up with when you not ex, when you I don't know you get duped. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, you take a big swing, but if it's not Jim, I, I'm. The, if but you're not a gym guy, I have absolutely no clue who is going to end up as the GM or the head coach. Do you agree with that? Like, you could tell me any scenario, and I could. Billy Wingfoot from the Panthers is the GM, and he hires the special teams coordinator. Like, anything is believable. Rich stays. If it's it's not all Jim, on the table. It, if it's not Jim, could he go back to the T? Could he go back to TV? Who? Could he hire Lewis after Mayock? Yeah, he could hire Lewis. Well, like Lewis, me, Lewis has been interviewing the last couple of years. I don't. Yeah, think I think great. Lewis would be then at the top of the list. I think Lewis wants the job for sure. Well, I, I mean, he takes a lot of pride I, in the Raiders. I, yeah, yeah. But well, I think to me, would, you hire Lewis. Like Lewis, what worked in the league for a decade. Lewis yeah, would know Lewis how to find a head coach. coach. Lewis would have a short list. I'm just Lewis saying, if list. we're making the list of people that I think Mark Davis would go to, if it's not Jim Harbaugh, then I think Lewis Riddick's probably at the top of that list. I mean, if I told you that he ends up with Lewis Riddick and Doug Peterson, you would say that's pretty serviceable, right? Yeah. Because yeah, let's face NFL, it. You, it's you, a you, Super Bowl winning head coach, John. Yeah, your it's GM, Doug- if your coach is good, your GM doesn't have to be Ron Wolf in his prime. You know, obviously Lewis has never done it. M- Mayock would have been fine if his coaches were good. You saw this year. They were fine. They made well, the playoffs. We, we do. I do. I think you're right. Like we John, get, John Lynch has missed. Le- picks, everyone's like, made the Leatherwood pick. Everybody, even Ron Wolf, he just did it four years in a row. He was missing on first rounders. That's his yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I do wonder if there was just not enough. You need a little yin and yang. Maybe him and John. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Breer wrote, and I think Tafer might have alluded this too. I remember being told by this by a guy on another team, like round two. Like I heard Mike Mayock is going to get fired. Remember in the draft? I think I told you. I, yeah. like, I heard Mike Mayock's going to get fired. And then yep. and then we like waited a couple of days. He didn't get fired. There were definitely rumblings that Gruden, John Gruden was going to fire him. So where do you think Mike got these thoughts? Or I mean, Mark got these thoughts, right? I think this was implanted in him from John. Who so he still I, like, I think, right? If, 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 uh, he, he still wants John Gruden to be his coach. 100%. Think about that. Like John Gruden is suing the league, but he's really suing the thirty-one teams. He's not suing Mark. I to me, Mark. I just think they both that night they had no choice. Mark Davis is not happy with the way this all played out, and he was never. One thing I think that's clear is Mac has nothing to do with Mark Davis. Mac is just there simply because of John Gruden, and then they found out like maybe this guy was a little over his skis, which still to me is weird because I always just it shows you though. It's we talked about this the other day on the on the feed. That it just shows you it's a lot different. It's easy to like, I'd probably sound genius just getting up there if I really studied it, just talking overall players. And then when you're on the clock, you're like, well, I got seven guys. I kind of like this Leatherwood guy a lot, but I'm mean, we sure. Yeah, take Leatherwood. And I can understand you think to yourself. Leatherwood well, was a starting right tackle at Alabama, and it started several years at Alabama. And when you get your shot, you take, you're like, this is my shot. I'm taking who I believe in, not who's not going to get me criticized, right? But... 
a lot of those guys get you criticized, unfortunately. You don't get that many at-bats, right? Isn't like, Stephen Vogt he... started his career 0 for 32 or something with the A's before he in his big league career, 0 for 32 before he hit a home run. You don't get that You don't get thir- You don't don't get get that many first-round at-bats. If Mike was the guy pulling the trigger, though, there wasn't really a rhyme or reason, right? You'd go, well, Farrell was low-ceiling, super-high character team captain Clemson. Leatherwood was actually, like, people questioned, like, the weird cat. You know, not your typical Alabama guy. Arnett had a ton of red flags. It was just, he was just all over the board. The guys in the middle rounds, all like Crosby, Renfro, they all feel kind of the same. Like he was just getting these tough, just kind of consistent blue collar guys. But at the top, it's like they didn't have an identity. Like, are we shooting for the, are we swinging for the fences or are we just going pure character? It's like they didn't know. Ken on the stream says, look at Gruden's bad drafts in Tampa once Dungy's all-pro defensive studge aged out. Very similar. Run back in the first, flame-out receiver, bad trenches QBs. Best pick was Tlaib, and he was traded before the second contract. I did like Cadillac Williams and Auburn, I remember. I thought he was sweet. What was his real name? Mercedes or something? I don't know. I don't know. Do you remember the two of those guys? Ronnie Brown and Cadillac? Yeah. Oh, Carnell. Uh, that's not what I would have guessed. It was no. just, I mean, at the time, I think most people viewed Cadillac Williams as like a top 10 pick. Now he ended up not being great, but it's also, there's not an easier job to do than talk about drafts a year, two years, three years after. It's one <laughs> of the, the most time, fun things everyone, to do. Yeah, it is. Oh, well, and to talk about it before the draft, too. But conversate, you don't have any information beside what you think before. After, it's like, what idiot took this guy pick 17? Oh, my God. This guy can't play dead in a Western. How about how they miss on this guy in the third round? Shit, A.J. Brown. Clearly, every team, like, for example, A.J. Brown, were like, you know, there were some red flags or the guy wouldn't have lasted to the end of the second round. Right. D.K. Metcalf was strictly known for being half naked with Pete Carroll in that, in that video that went viral. People were like, yeah, he can't really play, though. And then by, like, halfway through his rookie year, they're like, how the hell did this guy last? <laughs> you know, just it happens every single year. And in football, more than the other sports, just because the seventh round and you're just bound to get guys in the fourth, fifth round that are going to become Kittles and Shermans and Brady's. It's just, it's inevitable. <laughs> I hope DK can bounce back from his 75 reception, 12 touchdown down year, John. Did I think get three touchdowns week 17, but still had nine through 16. So yeah, I, I mean, Pe- they, people are acting like he was a scrub. Seahawks offseason. Have, have, has Pete... Pete met with the owner yet? We not heard what happened. That was that was. Yeah, I think we're. I I think they're good. The whole band's getting back together. You see nothing. A whole lot of nothing. Kenny Norton got fired. You see that? Well, okay. Ed Donatel, remember Harbaugh's old like yeah, coach was Fangio. I saw that the Patriot or no, Pete Carroll fired Ken Norton yesterday. Requested the Denver Broncos, who fired Fangio. I love the when the coaches, the head coach is fired, but all the assistants are under contract. So it's like, I just, what do I come into the office and do every day? I get requested to go interview with Seattle. Like, I have to ask for a request. My my boss just got fired. The, the semantics of the league of just are kind of ridiculous in some of these situations, aren't they? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, the fact that you are doing, the fact that D'Amico Ryan's is interviewing on Wednesday with the Vikings is pretty wild. It's nuts. Can he interview Sunday? It's pretty. It's it's. Uh, how about did we, we did we talk about the Mayock story? That they thought other people in the building saw him leaving the building and just thought he was leaving for the day. Didn't know he was fired. 
They're just doing their tasks, you know. I did. I well, I immediately go. I saw Breer tweets it, so I'm like, oh, I gotta check out the 75 comments here. A lot of people are like, "Don't you guys know the rules of human resources? You're not allowed to talk to people when you get removed from a building." I'm like, "Well, I can relate. That is true, right? You're not allowed to be like, hey, guys." I've been relieved of my duties. Now, if they see you with the HR lady, maybe they would know something was going on. But if his office is in a place where they didn't see him get fired, if I was going to defend the Raiders, is it that inconceivable that that situation takes place? Like, you have to leave the building? Remember Chip, once upon a time, got walked out of the building? Yeah, they don't want you grabbing your laptop or whatever. It's still weird, there are just though. There are just, like, rules Protocols, I know. for whatever. But it's still kind of weird. Should should Mark Davis send out an email immediately? Like, hey guys, your your Mike Mayock has been fired. I'll I'll update you more in the next couple of days. But before he interviews is, GMs, is that the right thing to do? Well, they yes. didn't interview GMs. They just sent out the facts. Feelers, sorry, right? feelers, <laughs> requests. Yeah. What do you think Mike was like when uh, you know someone in his office forwarded him like, hey bro, uh, we still work here. I see uh, he's he's reaching out to some people. Long lunch. He's uh, like, hey, man, it's, it's still free lunch. I, I'd go grab some pi- slices of pizza on your way out. Nate on the stream. How fans you have the number one defense about to get de- de- replaced by another defensive coach, LOL. It's funny. Yeah, it and kind of true. All right. Um, did we miss anything? Did I forget anything? It's been a, I mean, we a couple hour pod already. Yeah. Midweek, no big deal. Uh, this evening stream was kind of nice. People are, you know, at People home. Hanging. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to do a live stream Wednesday, YouTube only. Strike yeah, we'll just, yes, yeah, right. just let's keep it rock and roll. Stay tuned to these channels to find out when we're coming back. Uh, and again, if you're watching the YouTube, hit that like button while you're here on your way out the door. Subscribe so you get the alerts. We appreciate that a lot. Let everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.